Hello, everyone. As you may have noticed, today's episode is releasing on a Saturday instead of a Thursday. That's uh, in, due, in part to a special request by this week's guest. She's talking about her mom on today's episode. And as it happens today, uh, Saturday, April 24th, is her birthday. So this is a special uh, dedication slash birthday shout out to Sharon Bates. We hope you enjoy today's program. Uh, yes, we're back. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Emotional Duct Tape. I'm Corey. I'm Jamie. And we are, uh, we're coming to you live on a wonderful Friday afternoon. Um, it's been weird because Jamie and I, while, while the front end of the podcast, you've been getting episodes since December, Jamie and I took three weeks off to like think and brainstorm and find new people. And so we're kind of, this is like our 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 uh, season opener, not season opener. What what's the term? I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Season our premiere. Season pre- season premiere could be a really good example of that. Welcome back, Cotter. Welcome back, Mr. Cotter. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to open because uh, I wanted to open this uh, with a little unconventionally because we actually got our first piece of fan mail recently. Um, Wait, what? Mr- well, well, this this it's not a, a letter, but it's a, a message we got on Facebook, and I told you about it before, Jamie. I think maybe, but if oh. not, if it's not, yes. it's a surprise. So um, we don't really get messages like this that are very long. It's usually like, "Hey, good job," but today we have a little bit of a longer paragraph. So this is from Josh on Facebook, who follows us. He says, um, "I've been listening to the show, and I have to say, I'm learning how to cope with issues." In 05, I was shot and wasn't expected to live. I had bled out four times before they could get me into surgery. And three years later was in an accident that resulted in the amputation on my left foot. The road has been rocky and me being a guy, I don't talk to people or express what I feel. Keep it up. So that, Josh, I don't, Josh you. if you're listening, man, you rock, dude. Um, I know you sent this a, a little ways ago, but Thank we're you really glad you're okay. <laughs> yeah, man, we're, we're, we're pulling for you. Um, that's so special. And anybody else listening, if you have stories you want to share, um, we, we're, we're not trying to inflate our egos. We just want to be able to share stories because this whole podcast is sharing stories of people who've gone through stuff. And um, hopefully those listening are getting stuff out of it. I, I know people are. Um, I know I'm getting stuff out of it. I know Jamie is too. So Absolutely. And we're, we're really glad to hear that um, you know, we're encouraging further healing for you. So thank you. Yes. Uh, how have you been, Jamie? You doing good? I'm great. I'm great. I took a day off today for the first time in a very, very long time and, uh, went kayaking and that's why I was napping because the sun got me. I had a couple of drinks in the middle of the day, you know, I really went all out. So, um, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great day, and I'm I'm happy to be back recording with you. How are you, Corey? I'm good. Back in therapy, uh, getting that getting that nipped in the bud yeah. now. You know, I've been I felt been feeling some depression lately, some anxiety, and um, I said, okay, it's time to go back. And I found a great therapist, somebody who I've probably my best therapist so far. Sophie's oh. listening. Shout out to Joe. Um, he told me he listened to the podcast. Sophie doesn't. He's a liar now. And he's like, oh, oh, he really? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> no, so he said he said he'll check it out. So if he does, it's great. But um, yeah, no, doing good. It's it's a good week. Uh, weather's getting nicer again. So planets are aligning. Spring um, has sprung. Spring has sprung. It's always it's always nice in Florida though, where you are. Michigan here is like gross. Like it's it's getting prettier but everything is still dead so you know um it'll come back yeah it'll come back and i can't wait for it um so if i was going to describe today's guest um not to set expectation for her but i would describe her as like the brightest warmest light like that just makes you feel good it's like going down the sun but the sun's not blazing hot like where you got to close your eyes you just kind of open your eyes and just kind of bask in it for a minute and she's already making faces um so please welcome to the podcast um our dear friend sally bates hi sally hi sally thanks for being here oh that was a generous intro intro (laughs) well you are and i think um you you have that way about you though like you're just a very welcoming person and 
you got to, I think once you, you once said there's a big heart in this little body. Um, I think that was, you said that. And yeah. it's true though. Like you, you have this big heart and the way I found Sally is the way I find a lot of our guests through TikTok. Now, Sally, uh, she was posting some videos about um, her mom dealing with illness. And we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But one thing Sally does really unique on TikTok almost every night is these, she calls them oatmeal hangs. And there's a, a collective group of people on TikTok who come live with her. And we just sit around, we talk, she talks about her day, we, we vent to each other. It's kind of this really safe space that you've created for everyone who needs it. And I think that's really special too. So um, you're, you're doing something right because I, I love hanging out there when I can. And there are people who are like, I'm there saying, you know, I've, I feel depressed or I'm, I'm sick or I'm in the hospital and you're like, Hey, what can we do for you? You know, I, a couple weeks ago, you did a thing where you raised money for a local women's shelter, you know, and gave a huge donation to them. And it just goes to show the, the capacity you have in your heart for loving people. And I love that about you. So. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm a little like, I love, I'm a little bit like brick, you know, like I love lamp. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I've never been able to grow out of that. And my mom recognized that early on. So she is really the reason why I am still this ridiculous because she, and from a very young age, she taught me about desensitized people. And she's really, really adamant about making sure I was not desensitized and that I was able to recognize what was affecting my world. So yeah, she was just kind of a weird, she was a trip, man. My mom was such a weirdo. <laughs> So tell us, tell but, us. <laughs> but real quick, sorry, I'm good jumping fast, but I, I love that though, because you're not somebody who's naive to the world. I mean, people who follow you on social media, and you might talk about this a little bit in the, in the podcast today, but you've you've had your share of ups and downs, but uh you're you're not naive, you but but you you embrace who you are, you embrace that compassion, that love, that ability to to see the good in people that a lot of us lose. Um and that's really great. And uh, your mom, so your mom, uh, she did just pass away a few months ago. And I know that's been really the reason why I connected with you be, that resonated because my mom's passed, Jamie's mom has passed. Um, but let's talk about your mom a little bit. Um, well, so what What kind of, I guess, share, share the grief story, I guess. Let's just yeah, I mean... I, okay, what I was thinking about before I came on here was like, how do I even sum this up? Like how, how, how do I sum this up? Cause it's not just that like my mom died. Um, I think that in my case, what looking back, what wore on me was that my mom was dying for like seven years. So when you're dealing with a terminal illness, um, it's just something like I never un like I'd never known anyone that went through that, that talked about it. I had never heard anyone talk about this, like loving someone that you just know is going to die. Like there was, my mom had PSP, which is progressive supranuclear palsy. And currently there is no treatment and there's no cure and there's no studies. There's just, it's very rare. And, um, it's a progressive disease and it's a disease of the brain. So, you know, it was just um, this mystery that we were in. We didn't know how long we had her for. We didn't know how fast it was gonna progress. Um, and I was dealing with all of that as like a young newly married woman with my first child and all of a sudden, like, my mom can't babysit. Like, I can't trust my mom to hold my baby. Like, that's when her disease started. So, like, I started losing my mom as I was becoming a mom. And I did not deal with that well. Like, it didn't, it wasn't pretty, you know? And my support at home was really bad. My relationship with my husband was falling apart. Like, it was really intense. 
Um, and then through that time of my life, also my best friend died. My very, like my soulmate creature person. You know what I mean? Your little like fucking weirdo friend. Like, oh my God. Like, and he was just like this, the most platonic soulmate I've ever had. Like if anybody says they don't exist, they're fucking wrong because I would not sexually touch this man with a 10 foot pole. Like, I'm like, I know you have done really gross things. Like, I love you so much, but we would never, you know? <laughs> so like it, it created such a bond between us. And we were just like, I wake up, like I dreamt about him all the time. We were just like best friends, Aww. but he wasn't a threat to my marriage because he was just like disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it is what it is, you know, like you just don't know who it's you're like the brother you never had or something like that. Totally. And so like, and then he started relapsing and I had to walk away from him and told him, Hey man, like if you ever need someone who actually loves you, you call me and I will pick up every time. And then, but I said, but if you're going to keep doing what you're doing, like, do not contact me because I do not approve. And I know what, like what, where this path leads. And then two weeks later, I got a call that he was dead. Absolutely. And so that was just like soul sucking. Going through with that, it was literally like, okay, my mom can't support me in this. So I don't have like my best friend I can talk to. My marriage is falling apart. I don't know what to do with that. All I knew how to do was make money. And I was like, all right, Sally's just going to make money now. Like, so all I, I cut all my hair off. I did the thing. I was Winona Ryder. I, I cut all my hair off. Wow. I became a corporate saleswoman. I like I just transformed into like your sitcom suits. Like it was ridiculous. I made a lot of money and all I cared about was work and it wasn't healthy at all. <laughs> but I was also super upset through that whole thing because my mom was having like a lot of trouble now. Now I had two kids wow. and I was the only one working. It was just so much on my plate. And my ex-husband wouldn't really let me go to my mom's and help out. And it was just, man. So I would only be there for emergencies because my dad was refusing to retire and he worked like 45 minutes away and she shouldn't have been home alone. So I'd get calls in the middle of the day. Like I fell in the kitchen. Can you come help me? And I'd have to like cancel my calls for the afternoon, get up. Like, and then I'd be up all night working, catching up on stuff. It was like insanity. My, I felt like my life was not stopping. Well, yeah. And this was a point where your life, I mean, I can only speak from my experience with my mom dying on a 17 when there's this phase of your, and she was sick for about three and a half years. And so there's this phase of my life where I was going through high school, starting to define my life in my terms, kind of figuring out who I wanted to be and then taking that with me to college. And I didn't get that luxury as much as I wanted to, because I was the one when my mom, uh, we didn't have a caretaker at nighttime sometimes. So I'd stay up with her, make sure her head didn't fall forward. So she wouldn't, you know, crush her, you know, her breathing tube. So she would die or, you know, you know, putting food in her, you know, her food, food tube or, um, when she was first sick, you know, helping her in the bathroom, you know, helping her off the toilet, you know, or rolling her over when they were cleaning her bedpan. It's, it's a very, um, it's a very scary experience. And um, you, you, you're in the phase where you're married, have children, you're, you're trying to be all the things you need to be. And then also, you know, your mom, I'm sure she's mourning, you know, the, the grief that she can't be the grandma she wants to be, can't be the mom you know, to help you along that process. Oh, yeah, it was brutal. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, then having, you know, like the complexity of having your, your best friend, you know, pass away as well. It's, it's got to come to a head, you know, and um, that I, I, I guess, are you still dealing with, with all the complexities of that time in your life still? I mean, obviously you're dealing with the death, but. I think a part of me is now like, now that I've up about my grief, which was the best decision I ever made. And the reason why I keep doing what I'm doing and talking about these things with people and being on TikTok and sharing my ups and downs is because I, the opposite thing, like the opposite of addiction, the opposite of depression is connection. 
And in order to connect, you got to fucking speak up. And so I don't care if you type one sentence, like, I'm so sad. Like you need to say it. Yes. You need to say it because if you don't say it, you're not recognizing your own existence. And that's the deepest problem you've got going on anyway. So get your existence out there because you count, it counts for something. And I didn't, I never shared my journey about my mom dying because I think I was too scared for people to always be checking on me then. And I wasn't comfortable with that. Isn't it crazy how we worry about our grief inconveniencing other people? Because I did the same thing. My, my story is a little bit different in that my mother passed suddenly. I had a suspicion she, she was an addict and um, you know, I know it's, 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 it's crazy, but it's okay. And, you know, I had a suspicion she was going to die within that five year span at some point, just because she was, she was just, she was, she was an addict. She was unwell, you know, she was obese. She was, she was a disaster. Um, and, you know, so I had a suspicion it was going to happen, but then she had a, a heart attack. And so, it like came out of nowhere. And actually I was very mad at her at the time. Um, you know, so it was like, it was a whole thing, but anyway, um, I went so far as I had taken time off while like I had friends visiting me at the time I was on vacation. I was, and I was so worried about ruining my friend's vacation that I didn't stop doing anything that I was doing. I went down to the keys and I spent days and I didn't cry because I didn't want to bother my friends. And I, you know, I went into work to like fax some paperwork and deal with everything because I had to get her cremated and whatever. And um, I told my boss, like, don't, don't tell anybody what happened. I don't want anybody to, to bother me. So like, it's, you know, or, or, or have to say anything. So I totally understand what you mean of that. Like, it's a weird response. And I want people listening to know that like, they should never, ever put their grief aside. I regret it so much. <laughs> I regret doing that so much. Goodness, I missed out on so much support I could have had. And like, it's amazing how much Aww. braver I am because of it, you know, like, man. And I'm just so glad I did finally speak up. You know, all I can do is be grateful that I finally spoke up about it. And, you know, I think I had to, let go of a lot of grief and figure out that people could help. And it wasn't until I ended up, well, there's a lot of things that happened, but I ended up getting divorced. And then I had a relationship that ended really tragically. He was terribly body shaming to me. Like, oh my goodness, what an awful thing. And this is all grief. And as well and and then so like I'm mourning the loss of my like I kind of came to terms with the loss of my best friend can it kind of came to terms with that one I was like you know what he was a motherfucker he died like a motherfucker we're just gonna look I'm just gonna love the shit out of whatever spiritual weirdo he is now he's probably out there being a weirdo you know what I mean I'm just like okay I've come to peace with that and that took a lot of long long walks if you need to think, I highly suggest just putting the earbuds in and going for a long ass walk. Corey knows that's my thing. <laughs> Don't call it exercise. Don't pretend you're, just go for a walk. Sometimes it really helps. It's amazing advice actually. <laughs> so then after that tragic, like stupid body shaming relationship, I'm mourning the loss of my marriage. I'm, my mom's declining at this point. My mom's getting a feeding tube put in. I'm not coping well. I'm like, I guess I'll just try and find a piece of trash to date. That would validate all my feelings. So I ended up with this piece of trash and it, it was like a terribly physically and mentally abusive relationship with drugs. And it was just the most awful, it was awful. It was insane. When I look back at that part of my life, I'm like, wow, I think that I was trying to turn off reality so hard in my mind I did not care what happened to me and that was like a really reckless way of dealing with my grief and at the whole time I never realized it was my grief the whole time wow yeah you know? of course of course of course and so what was going on with your kids at that time like while you were doing this like you know I have had my kids like on and off like 
different schedules. So like in the summer, I would have them one week on one week off. So their father is like super involved, you know, it's just like, we don't really have a relationship. We don't really speak at all. Um, uh, recently he's been trying to be nice. This is manipulative because he knows I'm single, which means he knows I'm emotionally vulnerable. Not cool. Don't be nice to me. <laughs> be nice when my mom died. Oh, you forgot, you know? Yeah. Sorry. So, you know, I'm learning now. I think now that my mom passed, it's, it, it's relief. It's relief and a lot of forgiveness of myself. Looking back now, realizing, wow, I was really grieving. I was really, really upset about losing my mom all seven of those years. Equally upset. You know, and nobody recognized that. And then there was no outlet for me. There was no, I didn't get it, you know? And I just hope that talking about it and being there for other people and letting people feel sad it is the best thing I can do now. Well, and there, there is a complexity with, with knowing that you're on a timeline um, and seeing somebody who raised you, who you remember being, you know, I don't know your relationship with your mom. I mean, it seems like, you know, she was one of your best friends probably growing up maybe. And for me, my mom was my best friend. She raised me single for the first three, four years of my life. Um, she was a lot of things to me. And so to see her be reduced to, you know, in a hospital bed in our living room, only being able to do the Stephen Hawking's looking at a computer and typing with her eye, um, you know, and not hearing her voice, you know, for many years and just hearing, you know, hello, Corey, um, instead mm -hmm. of, you know, like, instead of her, her signature deep voice um, was a very hard thing. And because, and even though like I knew she was going to go eventually, like the month before she died, she was in and out of consciousness. She was getting to that point where we just knew like it was only a matter of time. I didn't go to visit my biological father for Christmas that year. Cause I knew like, we're going to stay here. We're going to be here because something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but still like, even, even when you know, you're going to lose somebody it doesn't prepare you for actually losing them for actually having to the moment where you, <clears throat> where you find out, Hey, this person passed away. Um, especially if you weren't there to say goodbye, my mom passed away when I was asleep. I woke up, my, my dad came in the room and said, mom died. I woke up, I went out, she was dead lifeless in the hospital bed. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and it's one of those things. And I, I don't know, were, were you there with your mom when she passed? No, I kind of made sure of that. Okay. Honestly, like my mom and I had a pretty cool relationship. She was so not an emotional person at all. I, you couldn't offend my mom. I'm a lot like that. Like it, it would take so much to offend me, you know? Like she didn't get up super angry. She's so chill, like the chillest person, very athletic, never drank, never smoked. Wow. Chill. And she was like the best listener. She was known for being like super quiet and agreeable, always volunteering for organizations. She volunteered for like four or five organizations when she was still driving. She just, she, oh, she left a legacy. Yeah. Like she was a kick-ass human and like super, super cool. She knew who she was. She wasn't trying to like be anything fancy. She, she liked her little swishy tennis suits. She wore sneakers with every dress. You know, she just didn't really give a fuck what people thought. She was like, I'm me and I'm pretty cool and this is working. So what's her name? Sharon. Sharon. Yeah. Good. I think so I get know. a lot of my confidence. I think I get all of my confidence from like how she taught me to think. Like she taught me how to like kind of deductive reasoning, I guess. That's amazing. So, so she she passes away um and i obviously i in the videos i've seen and the conversations i've i've kind of had with you leading up to those those days i mean you were your emotions were starting to kind of come in full force because you knew it was getting closer and getting closer um so you know she, you hear that she's gone like what what's your immediate reaction were you were you able to kind of just because you've been teaching yourself to just be okay to grieve were you able to just let the emotions go were you trying to to hold back what, what was going on in your head 
Um, I knew she was going to die that night. I just knew it. You just could just tell. And I hadn't gotten like a hand squeeze in like a day. So that was how my mom was communicating at the very end. All she could do was a hand squeezes for yeses and nos. Um, and that night I basically like just, you know, I could tell she was still responsive to like my presence, if that makes sense. Like you can kind of just tell. Yes, um, just, yeah. Like she was definitely responsive to my presence and like enjoyed that I was like holding her. So like, I was just kind of like holding her and I was like, mom, like, I kind of never want to see you dead. And I was like, I think that like, I really believe like we're eternal beings having a temporary physical experience. So like, I don't ever have to see you dead and I don't want to see you dead. So like, and I told her like, I was like, if you need me to like stay here, with you till the very end like I totally will and I was like but I just don't think you give a shit about that right now you know and like I could just say that to my mom and I was like so I'm gonna go and either you're gonna be here still kind of breathing weird and gross in the morning I was like or you're just gonna be in such a better place and I just I just kissed her and told her she was the very best and she was the most beautiful person and I just left and like, I went to bed at like midnight that night. And then I got a call at like one in the morning and, wow. and my dad was like, she's gone. And I was like, okay. And he's like, so you better get over here. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like my dad, welcome <laughs> to like life as the daughter of my father. He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, she's gone. He said it all nice and sweet. And then he's like, so you better get over here. What is it like 20 minutes? He's like, all right, I'll see you in 20 minutes. And he hangs up and I'm like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, why the fuck are you? Jesus, like what? And then, and I'm kind of like laying there. Like, I don't want to go over there. Like, I don't want to see her weird dead body. Like she was looking weird enough. Like we all know terminal patients can start to look freaking weird. Okay. She was like, mm. like guys, like my kids were freaked out by her. And like, it was a little bit funny. My mom also thought it was mildly funny. So it was like, <laughs> But like, you know, I used to say like, mom, it looks like you can see into the future. Cause she was like, I know. Yeah. So I was like, I don't really want to go over there. And then I called my dad back and I was like, dad, is there a reason you need me to come over there? And he's like, oh, I don't need you to come over here. And I was like, well, why did you tell me to come over there in 20 minutes? And he's like, well, I, you know, the coroner's coming, someone's going to be coming to pick her up. And I was like, oh, someone's coming like right now. He's like, oh, yes. I was like, he's, I'm like, did you call someone to come pick her up before you called me? And he's like, yes. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> this is, you know, so this is really important to talk about though, because we don't, we don't know what to do. Some people have no idea what to do. Um, and also like the way we react, right. And the way it affects other people as well. <laughs> <laughs> he's like well if you want to see her before she goes I was like I don't need to see her I did thank you <laughs> yeah. yeah I was like I don't need to see her and he's like oh okay well then don't come over I'm like okay I'm gonna get some sleep I'll be over tomorrow and I just went to sleep I kind of good felt for relieved. you I kind of felt relieved she was like it was bad and that's important to talk about too you know even with my mother like I said I knew she was going to die soon um it I just it was just a feeling I had the way she was living and everything and it was you know I'm glad that you're not ashamed to say that because I'm not ashamed to say it either you know that was that was a, a you know she was she was a lot to deal with she was in and out of rehabs and jail and you know everything and it was very hard and tumultuous for me because sometimes she would show up and like I'd, I'd see her and she'd show up Sometimes she wouldn't show up. Sometimes we wouldn't know where she was. Sometimes she'd be in the hospital. Sometimes she'd be in jail. And, you know, it was like, it was so much to deal with. I was not even 30 years old yet. And so, you know, when, when it was over, it was like, I, she was DNR. She probably could have been saved, but she chose to be DNR because she knew that she didn't want to be a burden. And there is a relief sometimes that comes with either a terminal illness, you know, yeah, like they're, you know they're not getting better. 
She right, exactly. She's getting better. Exactly. And she, yeah, and she didn't want to be a burden. Exactly. So, you know, I don't, I am not mad at her for that. You know, I actually am very grateful. And so, yeah, I'm really thankful that you're saying that, hey, like, you know, I felt this relief because it, it's, yeah. it's normal. And I want people to know that because we're not the only ones yeah. who are dealing with this. You know? and, and as we get older, everybody is going to lose their parents. It's just a, a fact of life. It is. Well, there, and there's there's this expectation, too, that um, it kind of goes back to what Jamie was saying earlier, you know, like, P, like, you know, you're trying not to inconvenience people with your with your grief process. But there's also there's also kind of a show involved, for lack of a better word, with the grief process, because you can process it your own way. My the way I process, it's really dark, really cynical, you know, a humorous kind of way. Um but then you have people, you know, you have relatives who are like, you shouldn't talk like that. Or you have family who, who can't deal with those things. There are jokes we make about my mom being dead. Um, my siblings and I make that my dad's like, don't say that. You can't say that. Um, because that's just how he is. Like, uh, so there's this, there's all these factors around you trying to tell you like how to respond and how to 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 act and what like how like you know are, are you checking off the right boxes for your grief and it's yeah so how's yeah. that how's that going for you especially since you, you're still in this you're still I mean yeah. we're all in it but you're very much newly in it I'm kind of like don't put baby in the corner you know what I mean like I don't really give a shit how it looks to anybody else like I think that one of the biggest problems with social media is that people are choosing what character they are and they're sticking to it. Mm -hmm. And what I'm doing is I'm just being honest. That's what I'm best at is mm -hmm. just giving you my honest self, my honest opinion, my honest high, my honest low. I am relieved that I don't have to deal with like a narcissistic ex anymore. I miss him like crazy. You know, it's like, that's real. That's real. Mm -hmm. So to me, um, I, I think most of my grief process and like how I dealt with it was that I did not realize that I had gotten used to being sad all the time. So what could potentially make me happy and make me feel something had to be stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And it led me into a lot of destructive patterns. And um, by the grace of God, I, I think I'm pulling myself out of that still. It's always going to be like a destructive Sally versus a building Sally to the next level. And I have to always give myself grace to be both of those things because I'm not one without the other. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah. It's, that's a really, really great way of putting it out, actually. So thinking about, I mean, that, that's kind of what's pushing you forward to that, that drive yeah. to, to kind of not settle for, for the programming that, that you want to default to. It's kind of this, yeah. this constant evolution, right? It's, it's pushing, it's, it's how can I take what, I, what I'm experiencing? How can I channel it positively? How can I empower others? How can I do what I need to in this world to, to make myself feel okay with who I am? Right. Yeah. And, you know, I want to bring back something that you had said earlier about connection, right? Because I totally agree with you. I think human connection is like the greatest thing ever. It makes me, it gives me all the feels. And, you know, um, I think that's why, like, you know, I started TikTok in like February of, of last year. And, um, you know, little did I know that I'd be alone for most of that year. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm immunocompromised. So I really don't, ah you gotta shelter shelter yeah exactly so like I was like for like a long time until I met my boyfriend thank god for him um you know he like I was I was really you know in the house by myself thinking about things you know admired in the in the crap you know and finding TikTok and finding that connection and talking about everything and anything and just being open and honest about about who we are as people like and it, you know that sounds like exactly what you're doing and you know people feel safe to come to you in your lives and I've had people come to me in my lives as well and say hey I'm just not in a good way and I'm like okay so let's talk it out because yeah. we we in the in the end we're all humans we all just need to let it out 
and and we don't let it out, you know, that's when we just get used to that sadness and feeling it. And we just kind of lose ourselves. And exactly. We go towards things that are like exciting, but they're really toxic, you know, (laughs) but we can't, and we can't see that, but, but this, like the podcast, for example, like, you know, and just talking to you and talking to people like, this is, this is the, this is the good stuff that can get us out of that sadness. Truly. Yes. I'm still learning how to be happy. Like, um, like genuinely happy, you know, like, I think that it's going to take me a while. just like a combination of things. I've just got like this lovely combo of like PTSD and anxiety and, and, you know, depression, all the things. You I've went through a lot in a lot in like, yeah, you went, you've gone through so much in, 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 and you're still, you know, young and, and in a lot of years of, there's just too much. There's so much that you've gone through that of yeah. course, like there isn't an expectation that like, all right, now you've figured it out. If I'm open, open <laughs> and honest, I can be happy. Like, no, it's not that simple. <laughs> I know. I actually was like thinking about it and Corey, you'll appreciate this. Okay. So like, I was thinking about how, like, I feel like I got a little bit brainwashed to think that like if I was single in my 30s, I would naturally attract a tribe of also very cool platonic 30 somethings and that we would all just like meet at a cafe and like do fun things together on a regular basis, like the friends show (laughs) and that it would just be like this cool like, oh man, there's like seven or 10 of us that like are just cool friends and like, well, we're inseparable, like the Big Bang Theory, like all these freaking shows lied to us. That is a weird situation how that's true that's true (laughs) it's like I feel like I have found that crew that would totally do that with me but they're all over the fucking world and welcome to the world of technology true it is really funny because uh the community I found on tiktok and I think we can all say this is just an amazing community. Like, <clears throat> I remember when if I joined TikTok this summer, I was like, it's a stupid app. I'm just going to join it so I can watch videos, you know, and I don't got to like watch it in a weird way. But then I, I found these little pods of people. Like I found this group of poetry nerds and we used to like get on, on Discord and like share poetry. And then I meet Jamie and Jamie and I are talking and uh, she's talking about her illness and I talk about my mom dying. She's like, my mom died too. And we're like, Hey, we're broken people. <laughs> hey, and, buddy. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, want to, want to be on my podcast? Sometimes she goes, Oh my God, I'd love to. I want to start. I want to start a podcast about grief. And she's, I'm like, Jamie, do you want to be my co-host? She's like, Oh my God. Yes. And yes, like, I do. <laughs> and so, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hitting these that different, happens. these different little realms of like film people and whatnot. And like poetry people and, people who are broken like me and um but there's such a community and like people are just so open and i mean there are trolls of course but there are a lot of the 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 masses that are supportive um are much larger than the people who are there to cause stuff so yes yes i'm super pleased with the crew my oatmeal crew um oatmeal crew shout out yeah yeah definitely and um I think I'm more motivated than ever to just like really become free I think the biggest thing that I learned from my mom and like that whole process and her death is that like you just you don't really have any control over what happens you know my mom but if you put it on paper she shouldn't have gotten that disease Mm -hmm. So it's just like, okay, well, if you can do everything right. And then I look at my marriage, you know, 10 years failed. Right. But like, when I look back, I'm like, I wouldn't have changed anything about what I did. I feel like I did everything I could. Like, I think that the hardest things to deal with in life are the things that we know are temporary or that we come to terms with the fact that it was temporary. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, someone once said to me a long time ago and early and this is common sense now but when I was a young kid I didn't know any better but you know it's if you start to kind of regret the things that happened to you in your life you kind of lose the significance of the lesson you were learning mm-hmm. um, now granted there's a lot of stupid stuff I did in my life that I probably could have learned the lesson otherwise by 
Um, but I <laughs> still say, not. maybe not, maybe not, but I still take it. And I say, you know what, this happened to me and I'm that much wiser. And I, I can take that with me. And um, it's kind of like grief, you know, you never really lose your grief. Um, what, who, someone said it uh, recently, Sally, it was that the grief becomes like background, background pain. Background pain. Yes. yes, I love that. I'm so, I like tagging you in things that, you know, one of the coolest things is like when you connect with people and you're like, yo, you, you have great music taste. <laughs> and we had the same childhood somehow. And like, we, like, I feel like there's so few things we would ever disagree about. <laughs> Pretty accurate. That. But yeah, no, it's, but yeah, this, it's this idea, you know, that the, the experiences you take, whether the things that are are happening to you or it's a choice you made you know it's, it's gonna stick with you but take it with you learn from it you know expound upon it you know use that as a building block to become a bigger better person and let it out like the biggest thing i could suggest to anybody and why i do what i do is give people a place to let it out and what you guys are doing as well with your platforms is like let it out like whether that's listen to music and try to connect with it, try and get somewhere in your heart or your head with the music, feel it, or like get yourself out of that state with the music, like make art, let it out, like draw something, yes. something, get your hands dirty. Um, Make some TikToks. <laughs> yeah, build something. Like if your art is crafting, if your art is chainsaw, like sculpture, if your art, like art is art, you know, like I kind of am over people thinking it has to be good. If you like doing it, do it. Like I don't freaking care. Someone will like it. Or mm. if you like it, that's enough. And like, right. And right. And like, I really, really, I really strongly believe that like every human should write every day. Mm. Oh, that's my hill. And I'm going to die on it. You yeah. know, like, you readers know. are leaders and writers are fighters. So if we have a bunch of leaders with no warriors, we're freaking screwed. And so I just really believe that writing is the ticket. Yeah. Mm. I, um, I had a therapist once that said to me, you know, I was having this constant like conversation with a, a former friend of mine in my head like that I never I was never I never had the balls enough to to have with her in person and but I was like I was waking up she was living her life or seemingly living her life and I was waking up every day crying and upset and mourning my my loss of this friendship and just a mess and I, I literally I made one phone call um to like a hotline I had through work um access through work and this woman said hey have you just tried writing in an email now let me tell you i never actually wrote it i never wrote it but knowing i had the option and like the thing is like it's such a simple thing right you can yeah. just write it out of course you just said it um but i never even thought about writing it out because i was just doing it in my head anyway just knowing i had that option i have not thought about the situation or had it disturb my life since i had that phone call with that woman yeah, I write, so, like, I have whole it's notes so powerful. Like, just texts I never sent, you know? Wow. Yeah. I mean, I would like, love I to read that. Oh, my God. Make that into a book. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, man, it's it's vicious. Like, I could read <laughs> you guys one. Right? Oh Can God. we have an excerpt? I, let me see. You guys talk about, about it. This oh is like God. your burn book. Jeez. Oh, my God, guys. You have no idea. But it's uh -huh. such a great way of getting things out that are, you know, we have, we tend to have those obsessive thoughts or we storytell. I think that's our biggest, one of our biggest downfalls as, as humankind is we storytell, right? Somebody doesn't answer a text message. We just decide, okay, they're dead or they're, you know, or they're cheating on us or they're like, yeah. you know, when, like, okay, this, is, this is rough. This is how Sally would text if oh, she I'm ready. did and was actually like, this is how Sally feels when she's angry. This is how a daisy feels when it's sad. Okay. Just because you want someone to make the decisions you would if you were in their situation doesn't mean you have any right to project your mind, skills, and emotional state onto me as if I am only truly rational if I yield to your understanding of my situation. If I'm not ready or willing to do something that you clearly see as an easy choice to make, perhaps your perspective needs to broaden. Reactive conversations aren't helpful. That was, first of all, that was not nasty by any means. Also, 
that has to be the narcissist that you're talking about. That's like, no. Really? I think I'm probably always going to have narcissists in my life. So it's just like at this point, I just choose the ones I think are the funniest. I don't know. Cause they're not all. There is an amusement. Yeah. So like, it's, it's, this is like, yeah, it goes, guys, it goes on. Oh my God. (laughs) It's a rant. That's amazing. But it was, it resonate. Did it resonate? Did it make sense? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, I don't think that was so savage at all. I think, well, it's pretty accurate. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think she would have been happy about receiving it. Like, can you imagine if you received that text message though? You'd be like, it was, it was, it was an intelligent burn. That's what it was. Like you, you, you were being like, that's the only thing I know. You were being smart about it. You weren't, you weren't being like, just like, ah, but you were like, I I could see where you're going with it though. I, I knew. All right, here, wait, guys, I think you'll like this. I'll just give you one more blurb. Okay. If I don't feel like you are comfortable or fond of my authentic self, then we shouldn't be friends because that's toxic. If I upset or offend you or make you worry, don't be my friend because that's toxic too. I have no interest in forcing anything or repeatedly upsetting people. Either you can cheer me on and believe the best because that's what I'll be doing for you or you can pour your energy into someone else because I don't really believe in making people ashamed of their choices. I can care without criticism. More of a I see kind of approach than a don't you see kind of approach. Mm. I have never sent these messages because I just don't want to hurt her. That's okay. That's but I think like a lot of people feel that way absolutely absolutely that way absolutely absolutely i love it yeah i'm like please make this into a book (laughs) oh my gosh yeah Yeah, all these revelations (laughs) i'll get to that i try i tell my tiktokers all the time i'm like guys don't forget like as much as i'm here and like i could totally be like selling paintings and have oatmeal crew gear by now you know like I am still depressed and like <laughs> like I'm getting through it guys so until I find like a super functional human with nothing to do but help me I'm gonna have to become that super functional human so it's like it's just a time versus resources thing um so Sally one thing we do on this podcast it's it's our is it a mantra? Is it a catchphrase? I always say mantra, but I think it's more like a catchphrase. But we, I don't know. A catchphrase sounds. It's 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 kind of our our way. At the, we do this at the end of every episode. We say, um, "We, if you were going to finish the sentence, grief is. What would you finish it with? It can be a single word. It can be a sentence. Whatever you want to say." You know how they always say, like, say what your gut says, like, the first thing that comes to mind. I'm like, grief is a real bitch. (laughs) Sure is. (laughs) Grief is a real bitch. I love that. (laughs) I really love that. (laughs) That's the title of my book. (laughs) Right? Grief is a real bitch. Real bitch. And it's like a hot pink cover. And like, oh my God. And I... A bitch has an asterisk for the eye. <laughs> yeah, something, it'll something. it'll be a scratched out yearbook photo. It'll just say bitch underneath, and it'll or say grief, and then you'll write bitch yes. over it. Oh my gosh! So obviously, people can come hang out with you on TikTok in the evening yes. if you're on TikTok. Um, uh, we'll, and we'll include your at um, in the the show notes. Um, what else are you working on? I I know what you're working on, but I want you to tell me what you're working on. Um main thing that I'm working on right now is paintings. So I've started this style of painting where I take someone's initials and kind of, you know how monograms are like super kind of like boring. So I take like a monogram type idea. I mesh the letters together and then I create a kind of abstract cool painting based on the initials. So someone can art in their house that's like pretty cool to look at and beautiful and maybe that person knows hey that's like my dead mom's initials 
but like it's not like this weird floral memorial ugly thing you don't want to look at you know and so everybody that walks in your house is like yo that's pretty dope and you're like and then you can be like yeah it's for my dead mom and then they're like <laughs> oh shit <laughs> but I mean that's not how you have to use it but like if you choose to use it that way like that's fine with me too so that's what I'm really focusing on right now I think it's a it gives some people something to look forward to as well. Cause it's going to take like four to six weeks to send them out. So, cause I really take my time on them. That's yeah. That's like what my biggest focus right now and, um, getting better at being a functional human and mom, just getting through my grief, getting through my PTSD, dealing with my real symptoms, not being in denial that I have these things anymore. Just kind of being like, okay, yeah. Like, so, so what? So what? So I'm the same as 30% of the population. Let's do this. I think you're doing a great job. Exactly. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome that you say that because it's true. Um, you know, it's just, it. yeah, it's, it's more common, I think, than people think. And it's totally okay. And like you said earlier, it's temporary. Like, this, the lows are temporary, the highs are temporary. Like, it's just a, a, a flowing river. <laughs> yes. You know, and we just got to keep going. Do what we have to do to get through it. <laughs> and not using my pain or my grief as an excuse for any unhelpful behavior. It's the biggest lesson I'm learning now. That's a really good point, too. Sally, um, you're the best. Like, I just, I, I adore you so much. I was talking up to Jamie, like the past few weeks. I don't even know why. I mean, I know why, but like, I'm just, I'm sure she's like, Corey, shut up. You're, you're hyping Sally way too much. Um, I can't wait to hang some of your art in this office. I actually, there's another TikToker who I bought some art from. Nice. Uh, who I'm going to have, so I'm going to have like all of this, like, you know, friendship art all over my office, but, um, you're just a great person. Thank you for being here today. Thank, Thank you, you so for, much for talking to us and for having me. Sharing your us, insights. Yeah, it's it's really good conversation. We never know where the conversation is going to go. We we hope it's we we kind of hope for a certain touch points, but we kind of let the conversation flow freely and um I do okay. You did great. You did great. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I I've looked forward to this all day like it's a good habit to look forward to things and yes. have things planned for your future. Absolutely. To me. So thank you. Aww. And Aww, I do want to, <laughs> before we sign off, I do want to say for people listening, um, I, I, I know there's always a fear of listening to episodes like podcasts like this, because we talk about heavy stuff. We're going to touch on things that are hard to hear sometimes. Um, but Jamie and I, we've heard a lot of stories in the three months we've been doing this and while things are sad, while they are hard, we never walk away from this not feeling hopeful, excited, inspired by people's grief process. So if if you take the time, if you listen to, to an episode, listen to a few more. The grief might not apply to you. Uh, may, you may not be dealing with that specific example of grief, but you'll learn something about your grief process. You'll learn something that you may have been hiding for a while or something you never thought about. And hopefully that'll help you um, in your process, in your journey, in your recovery from grief. Um, Jamie and I are always rooting for you. We love you guys. It's thank true. You so much. Yes. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you later. Thanks everybody.